Lord, we magnify and we glorify your precious name. We thank you, Lord God, for this day. And Lord, we certainly thank you for this hour. This hour that you've given us, Lord God, that we've been able to experience your presence by your spirit, Lord God, through praising you, through worshiping you, through testimony, through words of encouragement, and more than anything that is all wrapped in the abundance of your love, Lord God. And your spirit is raining and pouring it down on us. So, Lord, we thank you for it. And now, as you speak to our hearts, Lord God, by your word, let us be encouraged, Lord God. And let us be reminded that we may hold on to it for the rest of our stay here, for the rest of our days, Lord God. Your word of truth that sets us free, free from ourselves and free from the grip even of the enemy, Lord God. So we bless you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Speak to our hearts by your spirit. And all this in agreement say in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Glory be to God. You may be seated in the presence of the Almighty God. And if you will, let us jump right into the word on this morning that God wants to share with us. Uh, I believe that uh, this morning he has a word that he wants to encourage each and every one of us with. However, I believe that it's a short word, but a powerful one that he wants to speak. And so our text verse is Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. That's Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament, right before Matthew, starting the New Testament. And I already know that somebody, see, some of you are Bible students, and when you hear Malachi chapter 3, you think you know where God is going. Hallelujah. <laughs> Surprise, 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 I will say, because we are, God is going to speak to our hearts. It is probably not what you're thinking, but it is Malachi chapter 3, but it's verse 6 that will be our text verse on this morning. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. Malachi chapter 3. I'm waiting just a second because I know that could be a tough book to, to find. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6. And while you are yet still getting there, if we have the title of the message, you may want to write this down, even for Calvino. The title of the message would be The Lord Has Not changed his mind. The Lord has not changed his mind, Calvina. That's the title of the message. So in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, it says like this, For I am the Lord. I do not change. 
I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O son of Jacob. Boy, we ought to all be clapping our hands right there. Because if he was not who he was, then we all would be consumed as old sons of Jacob. But glory be to God for who he is. You know, here in the text, and we're going to look at several scriptures, we want to understand because there's a word of encouragement that God definitely wants to speak to our hearts on today. To know that he is God and him being God, that he does not change. And not only does he not change in who he is, in the character of who he is, and how he is, he does not change his mind, my friend. And see, the enemy has spoken and has tried to use some things against us to, 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 to make a separation, not, not to change our mind in the sense that God, uh, knowing God is an unchangeable God. But uh, what he's tried to hum in on is to, for our understanding of not only is he unchangeable God, but God don't change his mind, my friend. And this is important to each and every one of us because just like the nation of Israel and the children of Israel, God had made some promises. And for some of us here today, I would not even venture to say some of us, I venture to say all of us, and, and, and I want, please, go with me right now. Just allow. See, and that's why praise and worship and everything that God has done is, is, is so important that we can just settle into this place of rest in the presence of God right now as he speaks to our hearts because God wants to, to remind you, each and every one of us, of the promise that he has made to you. And the promise that I'm talking about that he has made to you, I'm not talking about promising you uh, what you think he promised or promising you what you want in terms of natural things. But God is wanting to take us back to a place. And some of us, this may take us back 30 years or more. For some of us, uh, it may take us back even just to yesterday. But God wants to take you and connect you right now in this moment. Because, uh, and this ain't got nothing to do with the person that's sitting next to you. I don't care if it's your husband or your wife. This got all to do with you. And probably for most of us, even before we knew our husband or our wife, this, this place that God wants to take us back to, to remind us of this promise that he has spoken to you. And the promise is, not, is, is more made of, so I don't want no confusion, or he don't want us to be confused by it, but this promise is not a promise for things, but this is a promise that he made, uh, uh, and you know it. No, you didn't hear him say it in words uh, or even scripture, but what you heard him say it is in your spirit. It's a, this promise is a promise of where he called you, out, when he called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light. This is a, a thing that he's spoken to your heart, uh, and he promised you of what he wanted to use you for. And you ain't sitting in here as a believer and, 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 and have a reservation in eternity. And as a believer, you have a reservation in eternity. And you ain't sitting in here today and, don't, uh, and, and God did not make that promise or make that call or said that thing to your spirit. 
See, some of us, it, it may have been some while, a while ago, so it's going to take us some time to go back and remember that he can bring it to our remembrance. And the remembrance he's trying to bring it to, even in this moment right now, is not a remembrance in your mind, my friend. But this is a remembrance in your heart, in the depths of your soul. And he needs you to revisit that place. Because he is wanting to tell you today that he has not changed his mind. He needs somebody today, each and every one of us, he wants to encourage us that God hasn't changed our mind. He hasn't changed his mind, I'm sorry. In there. And here's the thing. Although God, the Lord God, he abhorbs and condemn the hypocritical and corrupt and immoral acts of his people, just like he did with the children of Israel. And this is what he's talking to them about and reminding them. Although he, he, he didn't condone any of that. Here's the thing. He still did not ever change his mind and with the intentions that he had to use or he had in mind of using the children of Israel for in this earth. See, the people's acts did not change the mind of God. There is hope because the Lord never changes his mind. He is faithful to his covenant promises and will not abandon his people. Therefore, he exhorts us today. If you read a little bit further in verse 7 of the same chapter, he says, not only does he say, I'm not changed my mind, he says, therefore, you are not consumed. But if you go down to verse 10, and it says this, bring, oh, excuse me, not verse 10. If you, uh, what he was saying here, is he wants us to return in the latter part of verse 7. That's what it is. Look at verse 7. It says, yet the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinance. And yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinance and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you say, and how shall we return? And see, somebody right now is asking the same question, my friend. How is it that I'm supposed to return? See, here's the thing, my friend. God's faithfulness to his promise, the promise that he has made in each and every one of us. And here again, don't get confused by the word promise here because uh, we got to stay in context of what God is saying. I'm talking about as it pertains to the here and now, today. Because see, this promise that God is talking about is what he promised himself first and foremost. And yes, he revealed it to you. He promised himself what he wanted to do through you when, you, when he birthed you into this world. For each and every one of us, he has a plan to work through our lives. Uh, Minister Shields was touching on it uh, in the sense that if we don't uh, surrender and, and, and allow God to fix us, then he, can't, then he can't use us. 
So in other words, I'm saying if we allow God to fix us, then he can use us. Then somebody else may be fixed. And see, and this is the promise that God has for each and every one of us and one that he's not only had for, uh, and kept it to himself, he's revealed in each and every one of us. I remember for myself, even being a young boy, and how God had, and not just the words he said, I'm talking about, but what he had meant. I'm talking about the spirit that rolls up in me at times where even as a, a, a seven or eight-year-old boy that my heart and my eyes were weeping because of the spirit of God that was welling up for, I'm talking about for the souls of man, even at that age, of knowing the importance of, of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when I'm saying preaching or ministering, I'm talking about even going out and knocking on people's doors at seven and eight years old, inviting them to church uh, in there. And, I ain't just, and, and what I'm talking about, I ain't talking about myself. I'm talking about uh, saying something so you can relate because I know for many of us, especially they grew up in the church, every one of us, he didn't touch us some, some, you, somewhere along the line. And you may not have stayed in that place very long, even way back then, but you know that God gave you a heart for the kingdom is what he's talking about. And some of us, he even took it further to the, to the point where he showed us what our life was for and how it was to be used. But for many of us, just like the children of Israel, you know, some of us, we have made bad choices. And the enemy is trying to use that against us. Not for us to not believe who God is and that he ain't changed. But for, him, for us to not believe God that he has, will keep his promise as it pertains to me. That God may have changed his mind. Because see, I made some bad choices. See, some of us, we done went down the wrong roads. See, some of us, we've been captured by, uh, you know, the, the lust of the, the, the world. See, and some of us, we have been just, it, it wasn't even some, a choice that you made. Some of us have just been captured by sicknesses and diseases or, or things that have, that, that has taken us off, uh, uh, you know, to a point where I, I don't feel worthy to be able to do what I know that's deep down on the inside of me or was, even for a long period of time, this stuff goes on to where you now, you become numb to what God had placed so deeply inside of you. God says, I have not changed my mind, my friend. But today he's saying, what I, I haven't changed my mind, but what I do need is for you to change yours. See, God is calling today for, for us to change our mind. And what do you mean, Pastor John, about you, uh, God? want us to change our mind. What he wants us to change our mind is from the lie and the trick of the enemy that I, because I've messed up, because I've made the wrong choices, because I've abided in this too long, that God has changed his mind. God says, no, I haven't changed my mind, but I need you to change your mind. He's just like he told the children, I need you to return unto me, my friends. Return to me and I will return to you. And, the, and, and it ain't even so much here when he says return to me and I'll return to you. It ain't because he gone anywhere. But what it is is when you return to me, God says, then you'll know that I'm still here, that I never left. You'll, and then you'll feel like I didn't return. Then you'll know that I am here. 
And so, no, because see, for some of us today, that we want to know that he, oh, God, you return, and then I'll come. That's why it ain't wrote like that. That's why it don't work like that. Because for little be known unto you that God is already here. He has not moved. We just think he has. So he says, no, I, I'm already here. And the only way that you're going to know that I'm still here is for you to return unto me. Hallelujah. This is a serious challenge, my friend, and this is a serious word of encouragement. Uh, hold your fingers there and turn your Bibles to Numbers, chapter 23. <coughs> Numbers, chapter 23. Glory be to God. Numbers chapter 23, and some of you are familiar with this passage of scripture. This is uh, where God was dealing with Balaam. And Balak was trying to get Balaam to curse the nation of Israel, the people of God. And here, just like he had to remind the nation of Israel, the children of Israel, so he reminds us today that he has not changed his mind, you see, because God is not like us. Yes. See, because the thing about it is, is when, you know, we make somebody a promise and then they, uh, you know, become, you know, start doing stuff that don't seem to be faithful towards me, then, you know, what we'll do over a short period of time, some of us a little longer than others, but we'll change our mind, my friend. Come on, somebody, Let, you know, we got to be true to ourselves. For this to, you know, no, this ain't the message that's going to make you jump up and shout, but if you hear the Lord, it's going to set you free. To move forward today because this we are in desperate times my friend in the desperate times I'm talking about is it's not desperate the word it don't seem desperate but for the kingdom of God and for us to be used for what God wants us to be used for there's somebody that ain't gonna make it through even this next week and it could be somebody that you know and if you don't allow God to bring you where he needs you to be, you won't, and he, you the very one that he is setting up for the assignment to reach this person or to use you to say something to this person. And, 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 uh, and if you don't do it, because you off course and out of alignment, then this person ain't going to hear what thus saith the Lord. Not what he's saying there. And see, some of us think, well, oh, if he don't use me, then he'll, you know, he's God, he'll use somebody else. No, my friend, even if he use somebody else, it's still, when you stand before the Lord, that's still going to be on your video. When he shows you, see, when I was telling you right there, right there, right there, do you see? And so you, it's still going to be on your books. 
And it ain't going to be a good mark on your books. It's going to be one of disobedience. It's going to be one that the Bible says that we're going to give an account for. And as children of God, then what we want to be able to stand before the Lord and give an account for is the things that we, he said and we did it. This is what we've been talking about all the time, being used by the, the Spirit of God. But see, God is not a man. He like us. See, and here in, in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, it says that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, has he said, and will he not do? Or do he, or has he spoken, and will he not make? good. See, somebody don't understand that, so let me break that down. Look at the B portion of it. He says, has he said and will he not do? See, in other words, what God says, he will do. What God says, he will do. And just like for the children of Israel, the covenant that he had made with Abraham from the beginning, and this is the beautiful thing that God wants to, 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 to really help us with and encourage us today, my friend, that we might remember that God has not changed his mind. Despite uh, your wrong choices, despite uh, you getting off track, despite the, uh, the, le the wrong turn that you've made in your life. And see, some of us think that because we made that wrong turn, that, this, yo, that we can never get back on track. Yo, and some of us have come, came to have settled for the left turn that we made in the road, yo, it's okay. Yo, because God is still with us. And, and some of us have settled for that place. God says, I ain't changed my mind. And I need you to know it today. Because just like the children of Israel, when they made the wrong choices, God is saying to them, do you know that that which I have spoken I am able, and not only able, I am willing, and that I am faithful to my covenant. And see, here's the good news, my friend. See, when God makes a covenant, which is a promise to us, then he don't base his promise or his covenant on your faithfulness. See, the trick of the enemy has, has led us to believe that God's promises uh, and his covenant with us is based on our faithfulness. Wrong, my friend. God's covenant that he made with the nation of Israel and the covenant that he makes with you and me, even to our personal life, is based on his faithfulness. Glory be to God. That's good news, my friend. See, so right now he's telling us, some of us, no, don't be tricked by the enemy because the enemy is trying to make you feel that, oh, you, God ain't, man, he ain't going to keep that promise. He ain't going to do it now because you done messed up. You weren't faithful. You made a mistake. You turned, and not only, and some of us didn't, intentionally didn't done the wrong thing. See, and he really will get you right there. Oh, you, you did that on purpose and you know it. You even told God, well, I ain't going to do it. The good news is, my friend, is God already knew that. 
But the, uh, and the better news is in him knowing that he did not make his promise to you based on your faithfulness. It's based on his. Glory be to God. This is awesome news, my friend. Because for some of us, we are at a crossroads and we need to make a decision today to, re, uh, to believe what God has promised, that we may change our mind about our own selves because we now can have the right understanding about the truth of God's word, that he is a man, that he is, and, he, and, and, and he's not one that's going to lie. He's not one that's going to change. And the good thing about it is God remains true to his own, uh, his first intentions. See, and that's a beautiful thing. See, because he remains the same because he's unchangeable. His first intentions for you, despite what you've done, the, despite the mistakes that you've made, the bad choices, that God's first intention for you, my friend, for each and every one of us, is still the same. And this is a, a release because somebody needs to be released to finish their course today. Somebody that Satan has been trying to bind by the, the uh, you know, by, by the lies and the tricks. To keep you from, and I'll use this word even though it ain't a word that many of you will ever hear me say much. To keep you from walking in the destiny that God has set before you. And the reason why I don't use the word destiny so much is because we get it confused. With, you know, we don't understand our destiny versus God's destiny. See, in God's destiny, he are, it's already set. In stone, my friend. Turn your Bibles right now to uh, Romans chapter 11. Because in this promises that God has made, and I pray right now that, that in the name of Jesus, Lord God, take every one of us back to that sacred place in our hearts, Lord God, that bring it to our remembrance. Let us remember, Lord God, exactly what you're speaking to each and every one of us about right now. Let nobody leave this place, oh God, without uh, being touched by you in that place. Because everything hinges on you going back to that place where you know that you know that you know that the Spirit of God touched your heart and he set in your heart a charge and a call to the kingdom, and I ain't just talking about to your salvation, but I'm talking about to the usage, and you know that God wanted to use you. And this ain't, I ain't talking about becoming a bishop or a preacher and all of this different stuff. I'm talking about in the depths on the inside of you that you know that God wanted to use you to show his love and to, and to, and to, uh, to, to, to use you that somebody else could come to know him. You may not have knew them words at that time, but you knew that it was something about the goodness of God and how he saved you, that he wanted to use you that somebody else could come to that understanding. Plain and simple. Do you know that that's the gospel of Jesus Christ? That is the gospel. Somebody saying, man, I thought I had to go to you know, the Dallas Seminary for 10 years and get a this degree and that a degree to you know, no, the gospel is that what God has done in you and when you know that he has come and 
took up residence in you and, 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 and made a reservation for you and gave you a heart after his heart, the one that, that, that desired him in there, despite what you did and despite what you did the day after. But God took this place. There was a place on the inside of your soul, my friend, that he touched. And you accepted And when he touched that place, he, in that moment, gave you a desire to be able to, to, to tell somebody else or to share it with somebody else. Not that you did in that moment, because some of us was very young. We didn't even know what it is. But he placed that in there, and you know that it's there. You know that it's been there. And again, like I said, some of us, we didn't bury this for so long. Because we didn't feel worthy. We're not. But he is. And because of that, he gives gifts. And it's crazy because, and this is when I say crazy, it's just how God works. Minister Curtis, in the words of encouragement, talked about uh, the gifts that God has gifts and he wants to give them to us. You see? And that's only God because that's a part of what the message is. Is it because the gifts of God, when he gives them, and, and it was beautiful, and God is just so good. Because there, there ain't no gift that God gives to any of us that, uh, that we, that he ain't already put in our heart to ask him for. And see, you don't hear that much. We think that we, we, we desire a gift, and, and then so uh, whatever we think that we want, then we ought to ask God for it. No, but no. Don't get that confused because you're going to be asking God for something that you can't even handle, my friend. You better seek the Lord. While he may be found, you better look within your soul and seek him by your spirit to find out, Lord, what is it? Don't be just asking him for anything. The very thing that you're asking him for, if he gave it to you, it'll devour you. So we ought to search our hearts. Because in our hearts is that which God has placed in us. In us. If he lives on the inside of us, and that's for each and every one of us as believers. That's why it was so integral what Jesus did in the plan of God. I ain't talking about how we think of it, but I'm talking about from God's perspective, it was important. That Jesus satisfy him that he may come and be able to, God himself, live on the inside of each and every one of us by his spirit. Because it's going to be through and by his spirit that he leads us and guides us for the rest of our stay here, you know, in there. How is he leading and guiding us? Into all truth. You see, all truth means all of his truth. None of yours. This is a serious thing, my friend, because it's been far too long, and I ain't talking about the world, but I'm talking about the body of Christ that have this twisted, and we have pr promoted it to people as though that they can go to God and seek God for whatever they want. You a fool, and I ain't got no problem saying it. You better go to God for what he wants you to have which is far better than what you want or what your flesh can come up with and desire. Are you kidding me? Putting your trust in your flesh? You know you a fool because you already know what your flesh done done to you. You know what it already done to you. And then you want to go back and eat of the same thing? 
Are you kidding me? It's time for the church to wake up and take the word of God from where it sent it, where he sent it from. See, because it was Jesus in the book of Ephesians where when he, when, when he was resurrected, first when he died and he ascended unto heaven and when God raised him from the dead, that it, the Bible says that it was him, uh, God through him, that gives gifts unto men. And it don't just say he gave gifts unto men, but it says he gave it to them with a purpose. For a purpose. And what was that purpose? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Not for you just to be perfect. Because then he knew that you would take that in a natural sense and think that you're better than somebody else. No, it says for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. And this word perfected meaning to complete you by the Holy Spirit that you may be able to work for the kingdom. So the gifts that he gives is for the kingdom. And it's huge to our understanding, my friend, because, and I get it. Don't misunderstand me. I, I get it. I know why it's so easy for us to be duped by anything, by, by the promise of the gift that pleases our flesh. Why? Because that's what we want, to please. I can see why it's so easy. Come on, somebody. Yeah, it's easy for man to deceive us because he's appealing to what you, what, what, what you already uh, is lusting for, and that's the works of your flesh. But God has given truth. See, because the truth is what sets you free from yourself. And so here in Romans chapter 11, verse 29, the Bible tells us that all gifts, that the gifts and the calling of God are what? Absolutely. They are re without repentance and Irrevocable. It says, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. That means he's not going to take it back. He's talking about the gifts. What gifts he's talking about? We just talked about it. He's talking about the gifts that he gives that are for the work of the kingdom. Then you see how easy it is for a man to be able to take the word of God and uh, appeal it to us from our perspective, not God's perspective, in there, and then and, and, and appeal it and take that, no, don't worry about the kingdom of God work. This is, yo, he's giving gifts so you can work your works. Satisfy your flesh. See, when I say it like that, it don't sound too cool. You're like, wait a minute. No, they ain't going to say it like that, but that's what the reality is. Why? Because they're appealing to your flesh. But God says, guess what? God says he ain't changed his mind, my friend. So your, uh, 
Yo, our ignorance is not going to be an excuse. He has not changed his mind. He says, I just need you to change yours. I need you to change your mind so you can see this for what it, it really is. Turn to James chapter 1, verse 17. James chapter 1. He just needs us to change our mind, my friend. And in in, in how we're going to change our mind is for us to know the truth. Why? Again, because the truth sets us free. So please hear the word of the Lord. Hear what God is saying. James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And, somebody say and. And. Comes down from the Father of lights. With whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So understand this. God is unchangeable. He will always keep his promise. And not only that, what we see here in James chapter 1, we see James, if you read, you know, we studied this on Sunday school, the book of James in chapter 1, not too long ago. But you see in verse 17, James switches his focus from in this pivotal verse until now, prior to this, he was uh, concentrating on the evil and temptation. But now he turns uh, to the goodness of God. God does not tempt with evil. We talked about that. He gives good gifts is what God does. He gives good gifts. The phrase father of lights here in this passage reminds us that God's of God's unchanging nature. The God who puts the, who put the stars in the sun and the moon in place faithfully presides over his children like uh, children's life and provides everything that is good for us. And he made that very clear in the book of Matthew that we don't have to worry about what we should eat or what we should drink. He, that he feeds the lilies of the valley and he clothes, you know, uh, the, uh, I mean, he clothes the lilies of the valley and he feeds the birds of the air. How much more? He said he, he didn't never want us to be worried about that. Why? Because he needed us to be concerned and available for the work of the kingdom. So he says, I solved your distractions, but don't take my word and twist it. Yo, that now I, that my promises is about uh, where you should eat and where you should drink and where you should live. As though that when I, uh, if, if that could be the case, that when you get where you're supposed to live, or where you want to live, and when you get all the steak and ale and the lobster that you want to eat, that somehow you're going to come now and work for the kingdom of God. 
Don't, we still can't lie to God. Be, well, I don't know why we would lie to ourselves with that monkey business. The truth of the matter is, the, is God being the, the, the one who places the sun and the moon and the stars in, in place and in, 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 in the creator of all things, that we, his children, that he provides for our lives and he gives every good gift to us. But the gifts that he gives to us, first and foremost, has to be placed in perspective. It's about the, you know, we want to receive the natural gift, but what about the spiritual gift? See, that's the one that uh, will allow the enemy. And it's crazy because now the rubber finna meet the road right now, my friend. Because the crazy thing about it is the, when we're talking about the gifts of God, when we refer to the natural gifts of God, I don't care what we done done wrong. We still want God to bless us with the natural gifts. And we don't have no problem with ourselves and all that we've done wrong that, that disqualifies us from the natural gift. We still think we deserve the best car, the best house, the best this, whatever gifts you all caught up in. So we'll never disqualify ourselves from the natural gift. No matter what we've done. No matter how we live it. But when it comes to the spiritual gifts of God, soon as we make the wrong turn, oh, I guess God, you know, I, I can't, you know, we'll count ourselves unworthy and count ourselves out of doing the will of God real quick. And even if we fight, you know, muster something on the inside of us to, to to, to, to want to do it, it'll take us 20 years to, to try to get back on track because we chuggling with the, with the trick and the lie of the enemy to feel qualified. Because we basing it on our faithfulness, not his. See, that got to tell you something that what the word of God is talking about the spiritual gifts first, my friend. Because all the natural stuff as the child of God. And as a pilgrim not passing through, by the way, if you're a child of God, you realize you are a pilgrim here. Oh, somebody don't understand that word. No problem. I'll speak another language. You are alien in this place. Oh, somebody don't understand that. So let me make it even clearer. You are a foreigner in this land. This is not your home. All right. This ain't your home. This is not our home. So all it ain't no reason to try to set up camp and, and, and put all your, 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 your precedence on the things of this earth. As she prayed about this morning, that we get our minds right, just like the book of Colossians says, and we set our affections on things above, not on this earth. God is saying, I ain't changed my mind. But I need you to change your mind, my friend. Because the world and what it represents, no, it ain't going to change. And if you don't change your mind, you're not going to change. Uh, you, you're not going to change. If you don't change your mind, you're not going to change. Because the world ain't going to change, so it's going to keep presenting you the same picture that appeals to your flesh. 
And when you don't change your mind, then you're going to keep buying into it with your flesh. Only to find out on the appointed day, which every one of us have, that we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of what we've done in the body. And then you're going to find out real soon that you had it twisted. And this is when the Bible, when Paul talk, wrote to the Corinthians about that you're going to stand before him empty-handed because all your works is going to get burnt up in the fire because all of our works is going through the fire. You realize that, don't you? And it's going to get burnt up. So hear and understand that this is the thing that I love about James chapter 1 and, and that we've missed over and over again. It says every good gift and perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the fathers. That and comes down and comes down. Every good gift comes from above, from the Father. It comes down from the Father. So the good, the gifts that comes that we receive that He's talking about, where they come from? From above, from the Father. Where they come from? They come from heaven, my friends. And and if, and if you know that they come from above. They're coming from the heavenly places. They're coming from the presence of God. They're coming from God. Ain't nothing natural that can prevail in the presence of the almighty God. So if you never understood, now you know. That every good and perfect gift is a spiritual gift that God has intended to give to us foreigners while we're in this land that he can use us for the rest of our stay here. And so if your life is not being used, that somebody else can come to know him, and it's more about what you can get from somebody, including God, you are missing the boat, my friend. That is not life. And so you don't wonder... Or no wonder why you go through the ups and downs of it, if that's how you live it. We all go through the ups and downs, so I ain't talking about the ups and downs, but I'm talking about how do you deal with the ups and downs? Look at your character in the ups and downs. Look at your joy in the ups and downs. Where's your peace in the ups and downs? So I ain't talking about one of us uh, or us not uh, experiencing the same thing. Because we all going to experience some of the same things. But I'm talking about where's your joy in, in, in that? Where's your peace in that? Where's your solace in that? Or are you shaking in your boots? Are you frustrated? Are you cussing people out? Are you doing this that, going off? Are you living out of your flesh when the times on the, not the ups, that's the downs, yeah, on the downslope? See, because when we live with our minds set on things above, then it don't matter whether you're up or down. You have the peace, the same peace that, that, that uh, Jesus was telling the disciples that they needed to have when he was on the boat sleep yeah. and the storm came. Yeah. And they was panicked. How can you be sleeping and storming like that? Because I'm in, rested in the Father. The same place that you should be resting in in me because I'm connected to the fathers, you see? 
Let us get ready to close here. Turn your Bibles finally to uh, Philippians chapter 6. Because somebody needs to know today. Again, a couple things to iterate as we get ready to close. Philippians chapter 1. One that we got to be reminded that the faithfulness of the promise of God or the covenant that God makes God's promise is a covenant and he makes his promise based on his faithfulness not yours and that's good news for us because if he if it was on our faithfulness all of us would be doomed from any of the good gifts from God. In other words, any of us, all of us would, would be doomed from being used by God for the kingdom. Don't get it twisted. First and foremost. So the faithfulness of the, of the promise is based on God's faithfulness. And then secondly, just as a reminder, because it's based on God's faithfulness, then he needs us to stand in the provision that he's made available to us, to rest in that provision. I say that because I think many of us, then, there's a song that we, we sing, and I'm sure every one of us might have heard of it, it's, it's standing on the promises of God. Yes. I'm standing on the promises of God. You know, God, uh, and, and I, I got to just share this real quick because there were, this was years ago. I have this person ask me, you know, where is it in the word that I, that I can find standing on the promises of God, you know, in there? And I think because her intention was she needed to encourage somebody that they could stand on the promises of God. So she needed to see it in scripture. And lo and behold, for some of you Bible students, you already know this. Could I find it? Absolutely not. Because, it, and if you do find it, then let me know. I did my major research on it, and standing on the promises of God, you ain't gonna find in his word. But what God revealed to me is this, that he don't need us to stand on his promises. Because guess what? It comes with the same idea. Or the same, you know, uh, the fortitude that when you standing on his promises, then his promises is solid and secure. But you standing on his promises, then guess what that takes? It takes your faithfulness. It takes your effort to stand on the promises of God. Ain't gonna happen. And this may be the reason why we, we, none of us could stand on the promises of God because it's based on our faithfulness. And that is, is going to go up and down. But what God did reveal to me in this is that no, don't stand on my promise, but stand in my promise. Stand, rest in my promise. See, because when you rest in, when we stand, when we stand in his promise, when we rest in his promise, then it ain't based on our faithfulness. We are in the place and he's working the thing. Come on, somebody. That's beautiful, my friend. I pray that you get it. Because in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, 
The word of God tells us. That we, when we rest in his promises, when we rest in him, that we can be confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. See, see, when we resting in him, then we know what he's working in Jesus Christ and he will complete it, my friend. And it ain't going to be based on your faithfulness. It ain't based on your uh, choices, right or wrong. It's based on what God is doing for his kingdom through his son in the vessel that is resting and standing in him. And that ought to be you and me. And I pray right now, my my friends, don't don't, uh, let this go over your head and and don't let what God is saying to you go past your heart. Over your heart, around your heart. No, let it hit the middle of your heart because for some of us, and and this is going to sound harsh, but then just let me explain it. Because God says for some of us, this is our last chance. Let me explain that. Because when he says that this may be your last chance, for some of us, I'm serious about this. The last chance ain't because he, he willing to give you no more chances. The last chance is because he knows the hardness of your heart. He knows where your heart is. And if you don't take advantage of what he is telling you this time, he knows that you're not going to come over. Not because the door ain't open for you to come over, but he knows that you're not going to make it. You didn't miss, you didn't turn them down this time. You didn't turn them down over and over again. And this is the reason why. It is never because he, oh, he fed up and he's done. No, he knows when you are locked in and you done. And he's saying if some, for some, somebody, if you don't hear me this time, my friend, you're not going to hear me. Your ears is going to get dull. Your eyes are going to get blind. And it ain't going to be because I blinded them. It's going to be because of where you at and, you, and where you refuse to go. Today. Today. In the day that you hear his voice, harden not your heart, my friend. Today is that day that God is saying, please, my friend. You don't have to stay caught up with all of the monkey business. But you can surrender and release yourself into this place of resting in me where I can, for, as, so I can use you as I have promised and that promise he put in your heart. He the one put that root and rooted it deep down in your soul, that burning desire to love God and to be used by him. See, some of you, you have that. And it ain't because you mustered it up. It ain't because you made it. It's because he placed it in there, my friend. 
And today is the day he's saying that, you know what? I need you to dust that thing off. I need you to bring it out the closet. Bring it out that old trestle drawer, whatever, wherever you got it. Go find it and find it now. Because it's time to dust that thing off. I'm going to use it. I have be, why? Because I have not changed my mind. I have not changed my mind. But today is the day that God says, I need you. Change your mind. Come. Come unto me and let me finish your race. Because some of us, my friends, we don't have a long time. And what I mean by a long time, I'm 55 years old, and I'll tell you this. And God spoke this to my heart just last week, I think, or the week before. I'm talking about in such a profound way, deep, that like I never, it touched me in a place that I've never been touched before. And that's when he told me that, he asked me, how old are you, you 55, almost 56 in January? He says, if, how long do you expect to live on this, this, in this place? And I'm, and I'm thinking, well, man, if I can get to 80 or 85, I would be doing good. So he told me, he said, yeah, okay, if you get to 80, guess what, my friend? That's only 24 more years. 24 more years. And he says, yo, and, and if you only make it to 75, that's only 19 years, my friend. Oh, actually, 20, uh, yeah, 80 was 24 years. And he says, if you make it to 75, that's only 19 years. And, and many don't even make it to 70. And he says, if you make it to 70, that's only 14 years. And you know how fast 14 years go by? It gave me a reality, my friend, of that this it's not my home and I ain't going to be here for very much longer. Even if I live 14 more years, even if I live to be 70, that's only 14 years. Even if I live to be 75, that's only 19 years. My youngest daughter is 20 years old. And she ain't been here that long. That time then went by just like that. So 20, 19 years is less than the time that she's been here that was just seemed like yesterday. We don't have, and so I don't know what your age is, but you, you know what it is. And not all of us is going to make it even to 80 years old that's in this room, my friend. Some of us may not even make it to 75. We ain't guaranteed none of that. And how many years is that for you, my friend? Whatever it is, it ain't long. So if God came to you and spoke to your heart right now and said, for some of us, that's only eight more years to be 70 years old. For some of us, that's 11 years. For some of us, that might be 12 years. But if God came to you and told you you only got 11 more years left on this earth, then that would make a difference in how you live. Even if he told you uh, you got 14 or 15 years left in the earth, that would make a difference.
For those of us that are believers, I guarantee you we wouldn't stay stuck in some places that we've been stuck in for so long. So let us look to the Lord right now and I pray that what God has spoken to us, please understand. He has never changed his mind. He has not changed his mind. And today is the day that he wants to use you. And from this day forward, we got to give it all that we have for the time that we got left. And we got to give it all over to him. We didn't live so long for ourselves. This is about him. And believe me, the, our, all of the rest of our days is going to be better than what the days is before. Because if you give them to the Lord, my friend, you're going to have peace that passes all understanding. You're going to have a joy, no matter what the ups and downs are. Matter of fact, we can kind of stay on the upside. I can assure you that you'll be on the upside more than, the, than you have in the past. Because in, in all of it has to do with your attitude. It'll change a whole bunch. No, I ain't preaching no other message, but I'm telling you that when you have the joy of the Lord, it kind of, it guards you against a bunch of foolishness. Man, come on now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, you are awesome. You are mighty and you love us with the everlasting love. That you would just share your unadulterated truth, Lord God, to us. Not appealing to our, our flesh, but we know it's your truth because you appealing to the depths of our soul. That's not a place where we desire to be tickled at, but it's a place that you desire to plant your seed at. See, because where we want to be tickled at is in the flesh, where we want to be fantasy, uh, fantasized at is in the flesh, Lord God. So we know that this is not of that. And therefore, we know it is truly come down from above, from you, O oh Lord. So as you move right now upon the hearts of your people, Lord God, touch us in such a mighty way, Lord God, that our minds will change, Lord God, that we will say yes to your will, O oh Lord, yes to your way, O oh God, that we will relinquish our way, Lord God, that we may follow you, that we'll do just what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, that if a man would follow after me, let him deny himself. Let us deny ourselves, Lord God, and pick up our cross that we may follow you, Lord. So I pray over each person Everybody that's represented here, Lord God, as you have spoken to their heart, Lord God, that we take heed to what you said, Lord God, that we may be set free in the mighty name of Jesus to do your will, that you may have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Glory be to God. Let's give God some praise. Let's give.